Hello and welcome to the Critical Twits. Today we're going to be talking about tabletop cyberpunk RPG, The Sprawl. And welcome back to the Critical Twits. I'm Brian Ennis. And I'm Aaron Vinsky. And today we're going to be talking about cyberpunk tabletop role-playing game, The Sprawl. Something that we touched on a while back in our top five one-shot RPGs. Mm-hmm. We promised you a full in-depth review, and here it is. Woo! Cheer. Cheer? Did you just say cheer? Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting approach to noise (laughs) (laughs) yes uh, we have been playing the sprawl intermittently now for about uh, six months or so yeah on and off as a filler game between the episodes of our main campaign which is why it's kind of taken us a while to put together the review because we haven't been playing it in full intensity yeah Uh, but we can refer back to that podcast. Have a listen if you like. If you're not sure, um, it worked really, really well in a sort of kind of self-contained way, mm-hmm. as something that you can sort of play an episode of in a night and then move on with your lives and come back to later. Yes, uh, it's almost uh, what's the word? It's episodic in mm. nature. That's mm. what I'm looking for. Looking for the the way it's structured is very beginning, middle, end. Yeah. Uh, so that works uh, works really well. Now, what is the sprawl? I hear no one say, and let me answer the silence. The sprawl is a tabletop role playing game where you will be playing professional agents, professional people in a cyberpunk world of your own creation. Mm-hmm. Although there are supplements to uh, to do otherwise. Uh, one of the big things, and probably what we'll start off talking about, is the fact you get to create your own sprawl to undertake missions in yeah you will gang up with the the other party members and tackle missions for and against various nefarious corporations the game is written and designed by hamish cameron published by arden's Ludare, and it is a powered by the apocalypse system game i haven't played any other powered by the apocalypse games no. so i can't really comment on how it differs from sort of the base game and the base ideas the system seems to be something I'm seeing more and more of it being sort of ported around, used elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be quite a simple, elegant system. So mm. when we talk about the system for the game, obviously we're talking about this specific incarnation of it, but I do quite like what it's done and it, it's made me want to check out some other Powered by the Apocalypse uh, style games yeah. at some point. Um, the reason I like it, it's a simple 2D6 system. You only need two dice uh, to go. The uh, the person running the game doesn't even need to roll any dice, <laughs> which is weird for me because I like rolling dice. Yeah. I've been running the uh, the game. Um, it is fairly rules light um, and very story heavy. Yes, um, and again, that's something that uh, that we quite like. Although, having said that, we've recently been playing a Pathfinder Curse of the Crimson Throne campaign, which is Almost the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots of fighting, lots of gaps for you to fill in as uh, as GM. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
we're big into cyberpunk here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, uh, we could probably do like a whole playlist of things where we've talked about cyberpunk stuff now. Yeah, we'll probably take up most of our podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the I'm in the process of editing a an indie game, mm-hmm. a video game called Localhost, which is very cyberpunk. It's all about deleting artificial intelligences <laughs> and then trying to get you not to delete them. We talk about Netrunner all the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have recently recorded a podcast about Netrunner Rotation. Yeah. Ages ago, actually, now, wasn't it? Yeah, so at least yeah. two oh, hours. Yeah, hours. <laughs> yeah. Two in a night. Two in a night. It's been years since I've been able to manage two in a night. Yeah. I, I need a bigger break normally, but <laughs> just, I'm just in protein. the mood, mate. <laughs> <laughs> to double down to work a double shift um, and we recently talked about Ghost in the Shell yep. and how it was much much better than Ghost in the Shell <laughs> yes so there's yes. loads of cyberpunk stuff um, for you to uh, to go back and listen to and I did cut out the bit where I spoilt the ending of Neuromancer the cyberpunk classic by William Gibson uh, for Joe I cut that so I didn't spoil it for the audience but I don't think he's ever forgiven me and that's why he's not here <laughs> speaking of William Gibson and Neuromancer mm-hmm. the book for the sprawl starts with the uh, classic opening line from Neuromancer which of course Aaron is a fan of cyberpunk you know off by heart Yes. And I will now say it in Brian's voice. The sky above the port is the colour of television tuned to a dead channel. You sound weird, Aaron. You sound weird. Yeah, sorry. You've got a higher pitch than me. I was trying for something and it didn't work. Your mockery has saddened me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's all gone a bit weird, isn't it? Um, Yes. um, uh, There's lots of quotes from various cyberpunk places throughout um, to the point where I read one I can't find the one that I read but it made me read Snow Crash <laughs> yeah. um, by Neil Stevenson thank you did you just read that off my bookshelf <laughs> there's a slight hesitation um, which I really really enjoyed but is definitely a different kind of cyberpunk to uh, Neuromancer yes yeah um, it's a good book, though. Yeah, yeah. It's got, like crazy ninja pizza delivery men and yeah. uh, weird girls with anti-rape vagina dentata yeah. implants and a machine gun that can cut down a submarine. And it, it reads very irreverent at times, but it all kind of ties up and works in the universe setting that he's made. It's, it's very, very odd. Yeah, it's a, very. Um, over the top very in your yeah. face um, it feels quite joyful in places even though it's yeah. quite a miserable but yeah, it does it have is. some deep sort of philosophical themes and such like. yeah as is um, want of cyberpunk yeah cyberpunk oh no these machines we're gonna t- are we going to turn into the machines or are the machines going to turn into us that's cyberpunk yeah. explained yes. there you go yeah there we go um, oh and it's a bit grim here isn't it yeah yeah and my arm's made of tin cans I don't know <laughs> Um, yeah, that's kind of the cyberpunk way, isn't it? And I think that's one of the appeals of cyberpunk is that it can be both sort of low down, dirty, and gritty, mm-hmm. um, uh, and quite sort of violent and unpleasant in places. Yeah, has lots of. It doesn't have many heroes. Has a lot of anti-heroes. Yes, 
but it can also deal with some very big overarching themes and when we talked about ghost in the shell we talked about the difference between sort of soft or social science fiction versus hard science fiction yeah um and yeah cyberpunk can kind of go both ways it kind of marries the two together a bit it's come after the new wave of science fiction Mm. which was your soft science fiction in like the 60s and before that you had your golden age of science fiction which was more sort of your hard kind of stuff yeah i always feel weird saying hard and soft so often (laughs) in close proximity yeah freaks me out man freaks me out (laughs) (laughs) just want to giggle like a schoolgirl. I've played five or six missions of this. Yeah. You've joined us for one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just I just couldn't wait. I wanted to tell everyone about how awesome this game is. Yeah, Spoiler yeah. for the review, I really like it. Oh, now nobody's going to listen. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what you have to say after, you know, slightly less exposure. Mm. You'll be slightly less likely to die of exposure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You'll be less blue... <laughs> got you singing now <laughs> the crap singing is spreading throughout the podcast yeah these things are always slightly odd to start with because role play games are made up of so many moving parts you've got your character you've got make you've got your setting your background you've got the rules mm-hmm. you've got kind of how it feels yeah. you've got the the book itself the mm. product itself and is it a good quality book is it a good quality product um, so I thought I'd, I'd start with um, with what you see when you first open the book, Makes and sense. then what you do in your first session, mm-hmm. and then sort of progress through it there. So hopefully there's some kind of logical train yeah. pro- in, in what we're doing. So the book itself, I bought the. It's available on P- in PDF. I bought it from RPG Drive Through, I do believe, in hardback. Mm-hmm. It's a tiny wee hardback, it like is, an A5 yeah. sized hardback. It, it, it almost looks like a little novel. It does, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of, yeah, that sort of size uh, thing. A little bit bigger than a paperback, maybe not. Yeah. A full hardback. It's, it's, it's like the post hardback, but they, what somebody wants a not nice yeah. edition of the softback version. It's a small size. hardback that is bigger than a paperback yeah. size thing. Um, it's got full up cover. It looks quite pretty. Yes, yeah. Visually um, very enticing. It's got that kind of that neon thing of cyberpunk. Yeah, uh, going on. What I really like about this edition, there's two different versions. You can get black text on white paper. I went for white text on black paper, and I'm really glad I did. Yes, it has other colours of text as well. So excerpts from the game are in orange. Uh, there are some green bits somewhere. He says yes. There's green bits where the green bits. Show me a green bit. The fiction that it's that is included is in green. It's all very. 1980s computer it looks like an yeah it looks like an 80s computer display when it's just a page full of text can still look cool yes yeah especially the green the green's a different font and it looks just like those acorns and it's really nice there's been a lot of thought put into the design of the book yeah Uh, it's full of practical examples this is one thing I like Mm -hmm. I like seeing that in in a game and makes it good for newbies to come in who maybe haven't seen that particular game being played maybe haven't seen any game being played yeah. to get an idea of what's going on um it's got little bits of fiction there's not a lot of of background fiction mm-hmm. there's a few bits yeah um and they're they're nicely written they uh, they're very evocative uh, they're very um they're very interesting but 
the thing with the sprawl then having said that the physical product is nice um and i felt perfectly happy with the money that i spent on it yeah i yeah it's good it's good value i like it it's a nice bit of kit um although you don't need to just get the pdf if you like um the thing about the sprawl is that the base game at least doesn't come with a setting Mm. which is odd for a book that's named after a setting Mm. it's called the sprawl so it's set in the sprawl yeah but the first thing you do is make your sprawl yeah so the the very first session the players and the mc the mc is the dungeon master games master storyteller man in charge king person crafts music yes yeah the mc yeah um Chief rapper. I like to think it stands for Muppet Coordinator. <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably appropriate. But I don't know if that's canon or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the um, the MC and the players sit round together as equals. There is no division at this point, mm-hmm. and they create the sprawl. And they do this uh, by talking, discussing about what they think the future might be like. Yeah, and they each posit forth a corporation mm. because cyberpunk staple evil ominous corporations and you say i think this corporation does this 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 and this this is what they're like this is where their main interests are they're all mega corporations they all do a bit of everything but they'll have a focus they'll have a specific idea in mind and that's your first kind of session i mean it can take could take an hour yeah. could take as it did for us about four hours you joined a little bit later mm-hmm. because i think when we were playing this the most you were finishing off your degree yes that's part of the reason we played it quite a bit is because we couldn't get everyone yeah. two of the group were finishing off university things and the rest of us wanted to role play yeah didn't want to carry on the uh, the story of our big ongoing game yeah. of uh, mutant gen lab alpha which is always nice uh yeah we thought we'd wait for you yeah. it's nice isn't it yeah. it's nice we're lovely people oh. cyberpunk shouldn't be nice new no it should be should be mean should be hard which is maybe why you chose that so you could be mean because you felt you wanted to but you couldn't be it should be as corrosive as the acid rain working its way down your face (laughs) (laughs) under the pink neon i don't know sharp (laughs) Um, yeah so um we we created a city we decided to go for uh neo london yeah or new london um, as it is uh, sometimes known uh, to its mates, <laughs> um, you have to be its friend to call it that. Um, otherwise, you're not allowed. Uh, Neo London, Mega London, the London Republics, London Metro, the Lon Met, or LM. There you go. Mm. We did some bits. Uh, we decided that uh, it stretched from Birmingham to Dover. <laughs> we made it. Redi- it's way too big. Yeah. yeah. Um, mentally, I've kind of been scaling it down ever since. Um, yeah. A big sprawling city, the sprawl. Yeah. The idea of the sprawl for, comes from. I mean, the sprawl is it's, in William Gibson, and yeah. it's it's multiple cities together, isn't it? Is it yeah. San Francisco to to LA, to LA and it's yeah. kind of merged. Yes. Merge. Uh, so kind of a cyberpunky word marriage yeah 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 um so yeah actually you, what you've made is a sort of small tiny piece because that that's spread across america's massive yeah yeah <laughs> so actually it's not not that big yeah. but it does feel like go to the other side of the city in four days time yeah um it's a little <laughs> bit like that uh we named the thames the slick uh, which came which came up with the idea of going up slick or down slick which i quite <laughs> liked and horrible nasty people are called slick suckers 
Nice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to take credit for this, but uh, no, it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> but we have. Um, it's really interesting, actually. I just picked that as just an example of yeah. the, the process. It's my first note. My my notes are like two and a half typed pages in, yeah. in sort of bullet points for. Um, from doing that yeah. it's really interesting to sit down as a group and just be creative together because yeah. generally if you're a tabletop role player you're probably quite creative mm-hmm. quite a creative person because you're playing someone who's not you yeah. especially if you're kind of the person that runs the game and makes the game up um, but only half the group were DMs the others are just players and that's cool yeah and it was not really really nice and interesting to see people who may be haven't played much before kind of taking a lead and going oh I think this should be like this and sort of getting their creativity out there which maybe they don't get as much chance to express yes yeah definitely I mean when you mentioned that to me I was reminded a little bit of like the Mutant Year Zero first campaign we played yes well, a bit of the campaign yeah. we played that where we had to design the settlement we were in yeah and it made us all more invested in that settlement because we were the ones who created it and I got that very much from the other players when this was the city. They all understood it. It was exactly, it was this, this and this. Yeah. They got it straight off the bat because they'd made it. Yeah. And we added in something for you, didn't we? Yes. Another, another yeah, it was a new, um, based on L'Oreal, I can't remember what I'd termed it now. Yeah. It was L'Oreal and something else I'd mixed up, but it was basically a beauty company of sorts. Yes. But they dabbled in genetic modification stuff as well. Yeah. I'm struggling to find that one. <laughs> They didn't put it in. The there, there was a pun. It was a pun as well. I was, I was quite pleased yeah. with what, I, what I'd called it. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, so we we tried to come up with some different groups. So we have uh, first corporation was Links, the London Information Exchange, mm. which was we came up with um, the idea of the the, uh, the commuter war against those filthy commies, <laughs> uh, which fractured London. Um, so I like the British Library. Yeah, um, it's enormous, and it feels like a fortress. Yeah. So in this in this version of London, it is, uh, and they <laughs> control lots and lots of data, um, and have faster than light data travel between their Athenians, mm. which is like ancient Greek for library, I think, uh, <laughs> and. Yeah, that that was that was them kind of like um, data getting into artificial intelligence. Yeah. We had Utilife, yeah, um, who basically they they may they make they're a big agricultural company mm-hmm. and utility company. So all the stuff you actually need to live, they try to control. Yes, it's quite a cool idea. I yeah. quite like that. It wasn't my idea, <clears throat> um, and. Water has been trademarked and protected. Mm-hmm. It's now called life. Um, and you have all sorts of different types of life. So you might have high life, which is for going out clubbing because it gets you off your tits. <laughs> um, you might have uh, sunny life with vitamin D in it. Um, and all sorts of other things. We're making lots and lots of jokes about life. Yeah. It's quite good. Um, they also they have um, they have the circle, the, the news, uh, circle news or the circle of life. Yeah, which is where you get your information from, because that's vital to living as well. We have Havelin, who started off with uh, turbines, ventilation, air supply, because you've got these great big towers that need air pumping around, lots of pollution, so you need it purifying. Uh, And then moved into anti-gravity, so they have whole drone armies that they can call upon. Um, 
anti anti grav floating weapons platforms. Yeah. Um, so sort of an arms manufacturer company, also making sort of big heavy duty vehicles and and stuff like that. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, and Verte, who are a biotechnology company, um, who grow grow meat. Yes. In vats. Uh, clone do DNA manipulation. Yeah. They do wetware. So cybernetics that are in your brains or in your nerves as opposed to the hardware, which is like big metal replacement parts, which is very Havelin. Yeah. So we kind of ended up with a little bit of a division there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had the Union. We've added to these as we've gone along. Yeah. Uh, but we've got the Union, which is uh, two companies, one CEO. That is not a problem. There is no conflict of interest, and it's bad to say that there is. Um, so we had Royal Arms yeah. Incorporated, um, who have uh, things like the Buckingham-powered exosuit, uh, the Churchill repeating automatic shotgun, yeah. um, and harking back to Britain's sort of imperial past. And then you had Salvation, uh, Salvation Sec or Salvation Securities, uh, also known as the Salvation Army. <laughs> you can see we weren't being super serious no, uh, no. with this. Um, who were the remnants of the church? So the idea of the queen or king being the head of church and state, we took that and turned that into two companies with the same leader. Yeah. Um, that have uh, so Salvation Securities. They have a giant army of people. Because it's all the people in the slums. They're the biggest slum landlord in the country. Yeah. Because the church is the biggest slum landlord in this country, people. <laughs> wake up, sheeple. Wake up. <laughs> I don't mean that. <laughs> I have to preface that. Um, didn't, was Favela terraforming your one in the end? Or did you come up with a different... No, I came up uh, with a different one. Uh, it's going to bug me. Because the, the character I made was a, a beautician of sorts. Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's went and sold products. I remember the tagline was because you're because you're currently not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you got into the uh, into the feel, feel, yeah, yeah, the feel of it. Then, so we added that them in. We also had favela ter- terraforming, uh, fabrication, relocation, obfuscation. <laughs> uh, they build things and they also do gang warfare. So like a criminal gang, <laughs> but got really successful. Yeah. Um, we also added in some silly things like uh, Scotland Yard being bought by Yardies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we're making it seem it was quite a sinister, serious game. Yeah, this is this um, the odd thing I found about it. It's like we're making these silly like puns and jokes about stuff, and then there's actually quite a dark undertone to everything. Yeah, which came a bit. It became a bit snow crashy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's, there's just like these, these humorous bits. There, there's room for it in Cyberpunk for some dark humour. Yeah. Um, and such like. So, what you do once you've made your, your sprawl, and yours can be completely different to that. You can have a much more utopian one with sort of the kind of missions you're doing going on secretly. Yeah. Or sort of under undercover. You could, um, you could do pretty much anything. You could rip something from somewhere. Yeah. So you could take the, the actual, the sprawl, mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Um, and there is a 150-page settlement supplement, mm. uh, setting supplement, sorry, uh, the November metric, which has 12 settings. So a couple of you, well, quite a lot of already pre-built settings for you to use. Which yeah, is nice. so 12, 12 pre-built settings that you can use uh, in your games. 
I really like the picture on the front of it. I'm looking at it now because I haven't bought it on, on the internet and I really want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really pretty. Um, uh, um, <laughs> trying to resist buying it because um, we're going LARPing soon and I need the money to, for that. I can't <laughs> buy things. Um, I like the, the, the phrase on here, um, the, way it's, um, the way it's phrased. It includes 12 settings ranging from arcologies to sprawls, to nation-states, to cat-based conceptual overlays. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what a cat-based conceptual overlay is. I probably yeah. want to spend four to six years of real-time role-playing in one. Yeah. Because I love cats. There was, there was a well section good. in Only Forward, which is a side book by Michael Marshall-Smith. Okay. Um, where essentially the whole of the states is now one big cityscape okay. and everything sectioned off into massive blocks that used to be the size of cities that have particular um, archetypes or thought beliefs and stuff and one of them is completely okay. dedicated to cats and is run owned by cats oh, cats become sentient no, no they're se- just sentient that become they're just normal they're... cats but it's just lots and lots of feral cats people don't venture in there unless they're a cat person because they're not welcome oh okay cool <laughs> Um, sounds like my bedroom and I haven't given the cat any treats today yes get, get told off <laughs> shouted at a lot so yeah so we talked a lot before about how how player input and player buy-in is really really important in a role play game by getting you to make it yourself yes it takes time and, and some groups might not feel creative enough to do that and yeah. you can get the other book and use those yeah, yeah. or take something from somewhere else but for groups that, that feel up to it I think it's a really great way to start a campaign yeah, or a series of linked adventures because yeah. you're, it's not just your, oh, this thing is happening to me. It's like, oh, that's the corporation I I made. Yeah, you're yeah. immediately bought in and you're talking and discussing as you go. So everything should have a, a bit of everyone's input. Yes. You know, it encourages you to say yes and, oh, what about that? Oh, you've done that kind of thing or mine could be like this and they could be opposites and hate each other and be at war and you kind of tie everything together yeah it came across massively when i joined the session part way through yeah i was like okay so what's going on with everything and everybody was jumping in with various bits and pieces and describing bits of the corporations of the world and things they'd remembered from the missions or they created before and so there was a lot of excited chatter about it which was made me invested it does other things to give more of that kind of buy-in, mm. um, which we'll talk about in a in a second. But it's one of those. It, it's it's a game that really encourages the players to be as creative as the person running the game. Yes, uh, which I really really like. Um, so moving on from there, then you'll then create characters. Now it's definitely a class-based system. Mm-hmm. Um, which can feel a bit old school these days if you're used to playing more kind of freeform systems. If you played a bit of World of Darkness or GURPS or those kinds of things, yeah. where they're a bit more more open. Um, you have very different types of characters with very different abilities. Now, over time, characters can start moving outside of their focused area. Yeah. But what it does is it makes you very, very good at one thing. Yeah. Which feels very cyberpunk to me yes if you think if you go to to neuromancer you have case he's a hacker yeah. he's really good at hacking yeah it's a bit shit at everything else yeah, yeah you have molly who's really good at killing people but can't do much else can't do much else yeah so you have these kind of 
specialists. Yeah. And it's got that kind of, it gives it that kind of, um, it's almost like a heist movie kind of feel as you get into the missions yeah. where you you bring together, you've got the guy who's there to do the hacking. You've got the girl who's there as muscle. You've got the leader. Yeah. You've got the driver. Yeah. And they've all got their little bit and they all get their moments in the spotlight when yeah. they do their thing because yeah. they can do their thing really, really well. Yeah. That's, um, that's really fun. That, again, helps with that investment, as you said. Um, it also makes it very easy for drop-in, drop-out play. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got a couple of people missing that week. Well, it doesn't matter because that crew, the mission you're doing, doesn't need those people. Yeah. You need these. You're not an adventuring party in the D&D sense in that you go everywhere together and no. you sleep in each other's tents. No euphemism. <laughs> um, you, are, you are hired for the mission. Yeah. So you can go, oh, well, where's, where's so-and-so? Well, they're on a different mission. Yeah, or they're at work today. This is a thing they do inside. Yeah, they're doing something else. Yeah, go away. They can't. They can't be involved. Yeah, and so you can. You can still. It, it doesn't suffer as much from that kind of that drop in, drop out kind of thing that yeah. can sometimes happen. Um, you could be a driver. Mm-hmm. Drive stuff. Could yeah. be a car. Could be a helicopter. <clears throat> you could be a fixer. You fix things. In a social sense, so you can find stuff. You can find contacts. You know the right people. Play a hacker, you hack things, you chop them up with a stick. Cool. Sticks are rubbish for chopping things up, Brian. And uh, you, your <laughs> computer stuff. Yeah. Uh, hunter, you find people. Uh, we've got a hunter in our group who is basically a private detective. Yeah. Oh, so and so's missing, I'll find them. Uh, infiltrator, sneaky thief people. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> killers, they kill things yeah. really, really well. Yeah. Um, pushers, pushers are a little bit unusual. To the point where I'm having to look at the book a little bit. Um, I quite like there's a there's a quote for each uh, character class as well, um, which is from a song. Oh, not they're not all from songs. Uh, some of them, a lot of them are. Um, yeah, the pusher uh, has an ideology, a vision, a cause, or a mission, um, and. It could be, perhaps it's a higher ideal, political change, social justice, revolution. Maybe it's simply to be the top dog in the junkyard. When you start talking, people listen. A kind of charismatic uh, character. Be a reporter. Uh, So you're doing news. You don't necessarily have to work for a corporation. You could be doing that citizen journalist thing. You can do that really kind of cool cyberpunk. I'm live streaming. Yeah. So I need to make it interesting because I'm losing losing viewers. Uh, I shoot the guy in the face. Yeah, yeah. See what happens. Yeah. View account goes up, kind of thing. You could do it different ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got the soldier, who's different to the um, the killer. The soldier is more like a professional soldier, makes a plan, executes the mission. Yeah. Has lots of bonuses to do with that. We've got a soldier and a killer in the same group, and they don't actually clash, no. really. The killer tends to be following the soldier's orders. <laughs> um, and you have a tech. Yeah. So you build and make tech. Did you make a tech? I was a tech. Yeah. I like your tech. I remember your tech. Yeah. Germophobic tech. Yes, yeah, don't, don't. Which, tech, being a tech's kind of a greasy op- occupation. Well, not in her industry. No, good point, good point. <laughs> She's more electronics and stuff, wasn't she? Yes, yeah. yeah not, not on those sort of things. Yeah, so, we yeah. should have like mechanics and stuff. You get drones and such like for being yeah. a tech. So there's uh, a nice variety there. There's, I think there's nine. I didn't count. I can't count anymore. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's ten. So. You don't. There's no ne- not necessarily any need 
throw overlap in a group you can all have your own little niche mm. some of them i think are more are easier to bring in you know you might find it hard to use a driver in every single mission but yeah. they can still do other bits and pieces yeah um but then again your mc should be putting in those opportunities for you yeah so you make your characters you pick other characters you don't all necessarily know each other at the start you pick another character that you know you describe a mission that you went on Mm -hmm. that you were the star of and then someone else gets to go and i was there too i helped out with this yeah and you kind of go around so everyone's linked to everyone and it has this system where it along with sort of experience you um you gain link with other characters at the end of each session or each mission you go I feel I learned something about your character because we did this bit together. Yeah. So it might be, you know, we were hunkered down in that gunfight together and we we saved each other's asses. Or I caught you lying about this and this and this. And yeah. I know what you did and I know... You don't know I know, but I know you were lying. I want, you know, you can mark Link. Yeah. And you use that Link. When it gets to... A, when you get lots of points of it, it re, you do a little roleplay scene, you gain some XP... Mm. and it shows that your relationship with that person has changed and then it resets until it hits that point when you help each other out you get bonuses to the dice roll yeah because you know know a bit about each other but then your relationship changes so you maybe don't work as well together so if your characters go from being friends to being lovers because you've had so much link you've got to know each other so well well you're in a new type of relationship and you're not as smooth working together anymore because you've not got you know, you're in a new yeah, you're really social zone with them, yeah, yeah. for instance. But it could be all sorts of different yeah, things. Yeah, different things. each other off. And, yeah, 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 that's very cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so it could be that you you know each other, but you've got like this sort of passive-aggressive kind of snarky thing. Yeah. And then your scene is one of you turns around and lamps the other one. Yeah. And it's like, well, now we have a very different relationship. We, we don't snark. Yeah got a violent relationship yeah. it's very different so you know you can you can take it in different directions and i really like that i like the idea that it's getting you to think about what's happened yeah. and how it's changed your character and, and the character's relationships to each other yeah encourages that interaction with players mm. which does come naturally with role play but it makes you think more about it which is nice yeah so these characters they each have an individual playbook so you have moves when you want to do something in the game you make a move and these are quite big these ideas of moves Mm. making a move is quite a big thing it's not like i'm going to roll a perception check it's more like i'm gonna scale down the side of the building kick the kick the window in and gun everyone down with my machine gun yeah roll your dice they're much bigger and it's more about describing what happens and and that kind of thing and not getting bogged down with rules so when i say you know it's kind of rules light and story heavy it encourages the players to explain the consequences of their actions Mm -hmm. it's very clear in that you make the move you roll the dice and then you kind of explain what goes on yeah um rather than that say um each individual attack you roll in Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder or yeah. most games actually. This you can do an entire combat in one or two rolls. Yeah. That's kind of fine. Yeah. It's yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, so generally when you make a move, you will roll two dice, you will add a stat. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and you might have other things. You might have cybernetics. Everyone has cybernetics. And one of the good of things about that is you have to explain why you've got it and where you got it from. Yes. So if you saved up and bought it for yourself, it's probably a bit wonky and it'll be wonky in some way. Yeah. Or someone could have bought it for you so you could be owned by a corporation. Yes. So your cybernetic arms don't necessarily belong to you. And therefore, Havelin, who gave you your cybernetic arms, expect favours in return. Yeah. Um, which is good. So you've got these different things that might modify it. And again, these, these are just tying you into the, the setting more. Yeah. You've then got, um, basically, the higher you roll, the better. So a 10 plus on two dice with your modifiers. Your modifiers tend to be quite low to start with. Yeah. Um, but a 10 plus will be a success. A 7, 8 or a 9 is a success with a complication. And less than that is bad times. Yes. Not necessarily a failure, but something really bad has kind yeah. of happened. Um, and if you you fail, or sometimes um, if you get seven, eight, or nine, depending on what you're trying to do, the MC then gets to make a move of their own, mm-hmm. and it could be something just to show you uh, the barrel of the gun. So they might show you, they might threaten you, or give you something. You might you might glimpse something. The the boss kind of spider tank. There you go, yeah, ghost yeah. in the shell. You'll glimpse it through the uh, things. It could be. You know, you take damage in return. Could be all sorts of different bits and pieces. Yeah. And the different character classes. Everyone ha- shares a play. Uh, there's a shared playbook. The different character classes then get playbooks of their own. They choose moves from that. Mm-hmm. So you can have a soldier that's really good at planning ahead. A soldier that's really good at giving orders in the heat of the moment. A killer that counts as a small gang because they're so dangerous mm-hmm. or a killer that's really good at creeping up on people and killing them without anyone noticing and you can kind of take different moves to customise your character yeah it's quite a lot um, and this is possibly where some people might not like the game okay and that's fine yeah. in that the moves are quite limited you're not going to be doing it's not quite as open and free in the different skills and stuff that you have as say maybe a typical game it's very much focused on this group of professionals coming together to do a mission yeah so all the cool stuff is focused around that yeah um and then anything else you know you're not going to get craft whittling as no. a skill <laughs> um, as i've had several players have yeah in my path yeah i found like the fifth character in one of my Pathfinder or Dungeons and Dragons games that's got craft whittling right people just like making shit out of wood yeah imaginary wood (laughs) we don't see a lot of it around in Peterborough particularly so maybe it's just an Mm. urge your players get that imaginary wood would be a good name for a VR porn company wouldn't it yes yeah (laughs) add that to the sprawl yeah yeah (laughs) cool so yeah, you've got these different um, these different things, and basically, you're presented with a mission, and you have so you have two phases to the game. Mm-hmm. You have the legwork phase mm-hmm. and the action phase. Yeah. So in the legwork phase, and this is again, this is where the game is very much focused around these professionals doing this mission, because you don't have phases in other games. No. You just you just do the thing. Yeah. But in this game, you've got the legwork phase where you'll get your mission. Someone will approach you. You roll to get the mission. The higher you roll, the more likely you are to have more information. To know who has hired you specifically, not just like it's that guy in a pub. Yeah. Or that guy in a bar. Or we got a, an email. 
um, you have to roll high and, and you get a choice. Yes. You can't tick everything off. So you've got choices straight away. And, okay, do we want to get paid more? Do we want some intelligence or some gear to help us out on the mission? Or do we want to know who this person is? Or he knows it, we want to know what's going on. Yeah. Yet one of those is the meeting does not attract attention. And this mm. is one of the great things, is that the game assumes at these points that bad shit's going to happen unless you decide it doesn't. Yeah. Which I like. Yes. Um, at the end of the mission phase, you roll to get paid. And again, if you don't want to get double-crossed, you have to roll well and choose it as one of your options. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to get double-crossed. Because it's that kind of game. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. Um, I, re I really like that. So the players will acquire... Um, a mission they will then stake their cred upon the mission now cred is kind of a mixture between your street cred your reputation and your credits the amount of money that you've got yeah um you know it's like monetary and social capital yeah it's quite good yeah yeah that's clever yeah so you'll gamble that so if you want to get a really good payday you're gonna and get increase your reputation you invest more in it you invest more in it mm. but that might have problems if you invest really really if you say oh i'm gonna tell everyone i'm gonna do that so when it goes off they know it was me because i want to be famous baby yeah you'll start to attract attention yeah and you have countdown clocks this is again something that i think comes from powered by the apocalypse countdown clocks sound like that yeah, kind of thing yeah uh, as i said I, i've not played other count, other uh, powered by the apocalypse things you have these countdown clocks start at midday uh, and go go to midnight uh, they stage up to like three o'clock it's like three o'clock six o'clock nine ten eleven twelve or yeah similar um <clears throat> And the closer you are to midnight, the closer you are to disaster. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and even your hit points stage up in the same way. Yeah. You hit midnight, you hit zero, 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 probably your heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> your B BPMs, your pulse rate. Um, <laughs> you could potentially die yeah. horribly. Yay! <laughs> so you might attract attention. So you might advance the, um, the legwork phase. You might advance the action phase, and the 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 MC will put in conditions as you as you go. If the action phase hits midnight, it's over. You're going to have to tell the MC how you get out of trouble. Yeah, because you've <clears throat> called down. Everyone knows what's going on, and these are mega corporations. They can outshoot you. They can outfight you. They can outman you. Yeah. If they send in a full military unit to deal with you, you're getting out of there probably carrying one of your own legs behind you kind of thing so yeah, yeah. Um, so it has a bit little bit of sort of grittiness so there's always like a race against the clock thing in the legwork phase you might attract attention as you try to leverage your contacts get yourself some gear go and scope out the area that you're looking at how much do you keep preparing and risk getting caught versus actually doing what you need to get yeah. done and the less trouble you've caused throughout on these clocks, the easier it is to get paid at the end. Yeah. Because obviously your employers pay. don't want too much trouble. No. They want the mission done smoothly and professionally. Yeah. So you've got a nice kind of push and pull there. You're like, are we ready? Well, I don't want to keep... We've got to be ready because otherwise we're gonna, the clock's going to time out and we're going to get in trouble. They're yeah. going to know we're coming. 
So it might be that, you know, at, at, at midday, the security on the building you're breaking into is five security guards. At three o'clock, they think something bad might be able might be about to happen. They've added a couple extra guys. At six o'clock, they're convinced that something bad's going to happen. They've doubled the shift. Yeah. yeah no. at, at mid at midnight, they're like, "Is a small paramilitary unit." Yeah, which outside. then adds in complications yeah. as you uh, as you go. So I, I like that. I think mm. it's really really good, and it, it gets you in slightly sort of paranoid yeah. about what you're doing, and it makes every role have feel like it has consequences yeah everything felt like it had weight when i played yeah you're not rolling the dice very often but generally it does feel like they mean something yeah sometimes you know D D pathfinder just because it's on my mind yeah, yeah i'll roll a knowledge check oh yeah you don't really know anything about it okay, okay. never mind yeah i'll just stab it with a sword see what happens yeah. um, whereas in this you'd roll the equivalent of a knowledge check and you fail it and the person who you're trying to find out information on knows you're looking for them yeah. and so hides harder yeah 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 so you've got you've got cool cool stuff um, going on with that and i quite like that but as i say it's very much built around this planning the mission doing the mission in the action phase if yeah. you're if you're more into sort of very free form kind of role play very open world kind of role mm. play it might not be for you there is scope for the players to say um right we're going to do this we're going to do that we've annoyed this corporation we're going to need to do x y and z to make it better in some way whether that's murdering a bunch of people or doing a favor or trying to set up a meeting with them whatever it might be yeah um but the default kind of thing with it is someone wants to give you a mission you meet them they give you the mission you prepare you do it yeah. you finish the mission there's a there's a very much a set structure there which is why it works quite nicely for sort of something that we can dip in and out of because you don't necessarily need a load of ongoing backstory you can bring characters back and yeah. it encourages the player characters to to make connections to the world and reward you for that but you can just go right six months go by yeah. it's been a terrible six months you haven't earned anything um, you know, after the Nakatami incident, <laughs> what occurred that you guys did do a thing with? Um, this has happened. Okay, you've laid low. Now you need to pay the rent. Yeah, you get you get this weird email. This guy wants to meet you in a bar. You've never been to the bar before. You're a bit desperate. What do you do? I'll go, 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 get it. But I'm bringing Jeff because he's got a gun. Okay, yeah, you and Jeff go along, and then off you go, and you kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, one of the things I really like that it does is it encourages you to each session a character can or a player can declare a contact mm-hmm. so you go haha I know this guy or I know this girl and it's completely up to the player who they are and what they do they do have to roll dice because there might be some kind of complication they might not be able to help you straight away but those contacts stay in play and can be leveraged in every game so once you've played a few games with the same character they've got a little social circle um where they uh, where they know each other uh, we ended up with one of the one one player's contact ended up moving in with a different player because their apartment got blown up <laughs> uh, yeah. much much to her horror yeah um we ended up with a little couple little side missions where people have gone i need a favor from you oh you need a favor from me well i need a favor from you first because this is happening yeah 
and they've gone off and done a little bit. So we've had, they wanted to hire a, a limousine from someone and a guy's uh, auto lot kept getting broken into. So the killer character went and stood guard, you know, went and did security yeah. overnight to try and catch these people and ended up murdering one and put them in a dust in a big like dustbin <laughs> and, and walking off whistling but they went away <laughs> there were some bullet holes in the side of the uh of the building and a big puddle of blood but the kid was missing <laughs> <laughs> just some young punks that came to spray paint the cars <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so you can you can kind of have fun with that and yeah. bring different characters in um so i have uh one character whose contacts don't like each other. <laughs> they've got two con. They've each got a contact. Yeah. Those people don't like each other. Yeah. Uh, so there's potential to sort of build up your NPCs that way. But it's driven by the players. So the players are going, oh, well, I know a guy who can do this. Or, yeah. I, and you're like, well, how do you know them? What are they like? And you, you kind of, you're encouraging them to be creative as well as the MC. I find the sprawl, I can sketch out a mission mm-hmm. in about 15 minutes and be ready to go. Yeah. And anything I'm not too sure on, I can kind of bounce back onto the players. Yeah. And this is where the system I think is really, really good because it encourages everyone to participate. Yes. Did you leverage any contact? Yes. I had a guy in working for the corporation we were essentially packing into. Yeah. Um, who I leveraged to give us a backdoor in so we wouldn't set off any security alarms in the yeah. building we are in. Yeah. And I think that makes you feel a bit like a, a professional. It feels that makes it makes the sprawl feel very filmic. Mm-hmm. You don't need lots of background. No. Because you go, well, I know a guy. Yeah. And you kind of accept that in films and on yeah. TV and in books a little bit. Um, in the, yeah, people have this rich other life going on. Um but if you're playing like Pathfinder to go, oh yeah, I know this guy who can buy magic items. No, you don't. Yeah. Because I know for a fact, I, I made this setting and the gold piece limit in this town is 17 and a half gold pieces because <laughs> it says so in the chart on the book. It's much more rigid. This yeah. is much more fluid. Yes. And you're playing in a huge city, so there's potential for all sorts of everything. Uh, but you've all got sort of backgrounds and you might still be working for a corporation doing this on side. You might be completely freelance, but you'll have contacts from elsewhere. Um, the soldier can get a small paramilitary unit as one of the, one of their sort of resources and moves and stuff. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So it, it that means you're not spending ages okay we need to find a man okay who where are you gonna go i'm gonna go to the pub and ask if anyone buys guns yeah. okay you go to the pub and it it, it just like yeah i know a guy who can sell that yeah boom, 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 boom. No, no, i know, I know this pizza uh, delivery guy jeff he yeah and to deal with uh uzis on the side yeah and then you turn up and there's three people holding his shop up and trying to rob him and suddenly you're in a fight yeah back complication there you go yeah Sorted, and it, it, yeah, it keeps everything moving really quickly. Yes. It's like yeah. nice scene cuts between each. Yeah. yeah. The other thing it, it does quite nicely is it lets you feel slick and professional by having intelligence and gear. Mm. So you can do some research and find out some intelligence, and then we've been using poker chips to represent these, but really you just mark them on your sheet. Yeah. And you just go, at some point during during the game, you go, right, yeah, when I was when I was in the uh, in the stacks looking for for info, 
found out about the security system here. You go, okay, cool. Have a plus one to your check to evade the security system. You might go, and there's a tank coming. We weren't expecting a tank. And you go, I always plan for tanks. Spend a gear and you pull out that little briefcase that your character's been carrying around unfolds into a little portable RPG. Yeah. And off you go. And yeah. you've got various different things you can you can do with it. Which means sometimes I've I've done stuff where characters have tr- like in other games have tried to break in somewhere mm. or have tried to rescue their princess or whatever. And they try to plan for every eventuality. Yeah. There's that that cleric that has four hundred scrolls on them, one of every spell they can cast just in case. Yeah. Um I've got a 10-foot pole and 20-foot of rope and 14 days rations and 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 because they want to be prepared for everything. Yeah. Well, you can be prepared for everything or at the right seem, time. Yeah, the more right seeming over the top. And without wasting time visiting yeah. 47 different merchants yes. and, and that kind of thing. So I like that. I yeah, it's really, really good. It keeps no, things moving. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that element Yeah. Um, going into the game. And again, um, there's creativity to it because mm. it's your gear token as a player. You decide when you use it and what you want it to be. Yes. So you're you're contributing to the story. It's yeah. not the MC story that the players are running through. They're shaping the story as well. They're able to throw curveballs. They're able to do different things. They're able to bring in characters. Normally characters are completely a DM thing, mm. but they can just make up a person who now exists yeah. and has a relationship with you. How cool is that? Yeah. And then the DM has to pronounce has to like pronounce their name and <laughs> do their accent and be them. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's cool. I think the only problem we found with it as a group is that sometimes in the legwork phase, the players will split up and you end up with a split party. Yeah. So the MC's working with one character. And everyone else is talking about biscuits because they're not really involved and they're not yeah. there. Um, so I, I found that to keep those bits sort of sharp and snappy. Yeah. Um, whereas I think my traditionally we as a group we kind of we very role play heavy anyway. Yeah, we tend to role play in real time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so yeah, kind of speeding through them a little bit, giving them a little bit of flavour. Yes. Um, yeah. Is really really good. So yeah, so that's kind of a feel of how how it works. Um, to give you an idea of, of a mission uh, that was uh, done by the group, I'll pick I'll pick one of my missions and I'll Ooh. just explain a little bit just to give people an idea of what they can do. Yeah, uh, we did a mission called the Hieronymus Op, which involved the group being hired to extract a rogue artificial intelligence from the Chiswick demilitarised zone <laughs> well it wasn't in the Chiswick demilitarised it was it was in there for a bit it actually had moved they had to track it down um, the Chiswick demilitarised zone is one of the richest places in uh, Neo London because <laughs> uh, Chiswick is one of the richest places in uh, in the UK yeah um, and we came up with some random background uh, for this AI called Hieronymus uh, so apparently in our world, um, there are... It's, uh, Hieronymus is uh, an independent AI. There are only 10 in the world. And it's recognised as a person and is a citizen of 27 different nations and nation states. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of only three 
um, independent AIs that is disembodied, so doesn't exist in a physical stack or, or computer system. Yeah, um, they're not supposed to do that, but they have. Yeah. So we, we kind of, and this was with the players as well. We came up with some bits and pieces yeah. uh, and chatted about it. Um, so they were they wanted to the people in the Chiswick DMZ, um, the person sorry the person who hired them wanted them to track down this um, this particular AI. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because it had hacked into the Chiswick DMZ and caused a load of trouble um, and it was being held by Lynx, the London Information Exchange so the players uh, went looking for it found out where it was, it was being stored um, so it had been contained because yeah. it had been a bit naughty and it was being moved around so they then plotted an assault on an Athenian to try and get the thing yeah and through that there was a big huge great big fight um the the links have very very cool kind of heavily cybered operatives yeah um that are in my mind is it metal gear where the, the guy with the sword appears from nowhere yes cuts people in half and then disappears yeah yeah a bit, bit like that yeah kind of creepy super spy things um and they ended up at the end of it after a series of, of misadventures, uh, which involved accidentally leveling a small city block. Um, <laughs> they they stole um, a powered exosuit. Yeah. Uh, which then um, the other people, the Lynx people, hacked back into. So the moment that they disengaged from it and were no longer in direct control, it turned around and tried to blow them up. Yeah. Uh, missed. Shot a truck. The truck hit a building there was a huge explosion it was all good um uh, they ended up with one of the players downloading the ai into their brain yeah because the brain is just a big in, in my mind it's a big processing unit yeah, yeah. uh causing him to overheat and be <laughs> racing against the death to be uh, rescued and so they went to a dodgy back backdoor doctor uh, to get him extracted one final Twist. Dodgy backdoor doctor to get him extracted. That turns into a very different mission. That's very dodgy, isn't it? <laughs> um, and Nidhi died, didn't die. No, it's good. Didn't good. die, didn't good. die, but about 50 other people died. Yeah. Um, they ended up very, 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 very much pissing off the London Information Exchange yeah. to the point where they're about to, in our game, send a huge team of operatives after them just to kill them. <laughs> or they're going to hire them for a last job and then kill them. Yeah. Get a bit of use out of them. So, just an idea of the kind of thing. But I'm looking through my notes and I'm seeing all sorts of things like um, they wanted to break in somewhere. So yep. they were asking, they're asking a contact for a mum or duck, someone to lead them in. <laughs> awesome. Not my thing. No. Players just coming up with their own kind of ideas. Yeah. Sounds really cool, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, we had the uh, Buckingham giant exosuit. The Sandringhams are the smaller exosuits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is uh, which is good. Uh, da, 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 to seeing what else we've got. Um, yeah, we had Crash the hacker. Yeah. Um, who got involved? Who now lives with one of the players, and they're not happy about it. We have Char Char, um, who's an exotic dancer uh, who sells information. Um, and was having all sorts of uh, 
dodgy, dodgy, dodgy uh, problems yeah. and had to get the, the heavy to go and beat up someone who was blackmailing her. <laughs> um, we have Cosmo, the human trafficker, who works out of a virtual sex bar called the Rouge Trader. <laughs> um, who I, I'm again not my thing. Um, they sell long life, so life water. They sell long life, which is sex water, it's Viagra and waterfall. <laughs> yeah. um, and their their slogan is "Jack in, we'll jack you off." <laughs> <laughs> and what I what I like is that ninety percent of that wasn't me. I was running the game, but I was I was uncovering it as well. Yeah. I was. You're like a facilitator. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm coordinating, but I'm not, I'm not in control of every single element. Mm. So that may have been slightly weird or slightly, you know, what what the hell is this guy talking about? (laughs) But there's just so many bits in there, like those three contacts that I mentioned, they didn't exist at the start of that session. Mm. I had to role play them. So the players have made up a character for me to role play. So I'm doing something unexpected as the DM. Yeah. And that's what I really like about DMing. I like to run sandbox games because I like to be surprised by my players. Yeah. Well, the sprawl lets them surprise me all the time by saying, ah, oh, this guy does this, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to use this bit of gear to do this really weird, crazy thing. And you're yeah. like, oh my God, I have no idea what that is. Okay. What do you think happens? Roll your dice. Yeah, And yeah. you just kind of roll with it and, and go with it. And it helps you probably feel like a player as well. I, yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm playing the sprawl just as much as the players. Yeah. It's new to me. It's not like I've read my 20 pages of my campaign and I'm going to deliver it. Or yeah. I've planned for three hours before the session and I know everything that's going to happen in the dungeon. Yeah. It's almost, if you imagine Pathfinder, where one of the players can go, I think there might be a trap over there. Or, wouldn't it be cool if there was a dragon? Well, cool, there, there's a dragon, go for it. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's got that, it's very much more give and take than other RPGs. Mm. Which is why I really, really like it. Yeah. Um, because it keeps me on my toes um, as a DM. It stops me having to sort of over focus yeah um and it as i said it does it's one thing really really well mm-hmm. it spends because like a normal rpg game will spend 500 pages trying to give you the rules and the world and the background um and try to cover every eventuality mm. the sprawl spends 250 pages doing one thing in loads and loads of detail yeah um, which I actually I really really like. I think it could drag if you were going to play it for a long long time. Yeah. Because it th- does do that one thing. I'm sure you could hack it and adapt it, and there's a bit in the back for adapting it and mm. hacking it uh, and that kind of thing. Um, but it just does that thing really well. It's written really well. So, for instance, when you get hurt, you yeah. roll dice. You roll your dice to acquire agricultural property. <laughs> As in, buy a little plot of land to die in, <laughs> yeah. uh, to be buried in. So, at that point, you know, it, it's just evocative. Yeah. Uh, when you do, when you do that, th- that all of the the abilities, etc., etc., have cool names. Yes. Um, you don't, um, you don't go to a contact for help. You hit the street. 
because yeah. it's kind of what you're doing. It's yeah, full yeah. of you have um, you don't fight, you mix it up. Um, you don't threaten someone, you play hardball, and it's just full of little bits and pieces it's character. like that. Yeah. yeah, your your physical stat um, is your meat. Uh, you have call to remain calm and focused in stressful situations. You have edge to use your street smarts. Uh, you have mind to think your th- way through things. You have style to be charismatic or to have nerve um, and synth to interface seamlessly with technology. Yeah. So the same six stats, just like Pathfinder or D and D. Yeah. Keep talking about that, but I think it's probably the one most role players f- will be familiar with. Yeah, yeah, it's the go-to tradition. Yeah, but it's a very different feel rather than Dex, Con, Strength, yeah, yeah. Wisdom, Charisma, Intelligence. You've got Cool, Edge, Meat, Mind, Style, Synth. Yeah, which instantly they Dex. seem vaguer, but they're also evocative. You know exactly what each of them mean. Yeah, you know exactly what circumstances you'll be rolling those statistics for. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very cleverly thought out. Yeah, it's very very focused on the thing that it does. So if you want to play cyberpunk stuff mm. and be a cyberpunk badass operative um, who gets themselves into trouble and gets themselves back out again, or maybe not sometimes. <laughs> yeah, if you want to um, be a bit of a badass. Um, and not have to worry about planning ahead. It's really, really good for that. It's really good to just sort of really get immersed in that kind of cyberpunk feel. Yeah. And I've really, really enjoyed it. I really want to play it now. I haven't played it for a few weeks, and I'm like, I've been talking about it, and I want to play now. I want to do do more of it, because it is really, really fun. Um. And it is fairly, I think it's fairly beginner-friendly in that there's not a lot of stats to worry about. There's not a lot of number crunching. You're rolling two dice and adding or subtracting a number. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. There's nothing super difficult about about it. You're not worrying about representing combat on a a map or anything like Mm. that. It's more about the feel. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Telling something of interest. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like, as well as encouraging you to create the world together to get that buy-in, I really like what it does uh, for the DM. Yeah. Sorry. So it gives you um, an agenda, first of all. So it says, make the sprawl dirty, high-tech, and excessive. So, you know, make it over the top. Yeah. Uh, make it gritty, but also, you know, add lots of technology in. Fill the characters' lives with action, intrigue, and complication. So you can just keep adding twists and keep adding bits to it. Yeah. And it's kind of fine with that. Entangle the characters in the sprawl. So get them involved with what's going on. It gives you directives to earn experience from. And it's like, make sure you use those for your players. Yeah. So you can say, my character will always... My character's money-driven, so if they mess up, if they potentially mess up the mission for money, they get next, they get XP. Yeah, and there's lots of them to choose from, and it's like always give opportunities for for those. Um, play to find out what happens. Yeah, you create an interesting situation or a difficult situation, and, and then, then see what the players do. Yeah, so you don't necessarily need to have all the answers. I quite like yeah. that. It's like okay, you'll slay. 
slay the corporate boss yeah. and then they'll go off and do this next so it's like no the players are going to do whatever cool okay it's be interesting let's see yeah they need to get rid of this person what's going to happen afterwards yeah yeah it talks about how to describe things to your players so begin and end with the fiction so you give them a little bit of description mm-hmm. then explain maybe the mechanics okay so you take this much damage roll your dice and then give them a bit of fiction and then you hit the floor and you realize that the blood that's pumping from your arm um won't stop and you're probably going to die very odd something i don't know yeah, you, yeah. You, you you always start and end with description and kind of hide the rules yeah which is in the middle which is nice because it's always bringing it back to that the imagination yes and it's something i think i could take forward into lots of other games yeah definitely it, it can be something that can get lost in more rules mm. heavy ones like Pathfinder and stuff where yeah. you describe the exact rule case I mean we try to describe all the little situations and the things around it and you, yeah. you add a descriptive to the attacks and stuff but that really just completely makes the rules disappear which makes yeah. it more fun yeah so it's not this happens this happens this, this happens take seven points of damage yeah finish like take seven points of damage as you're thrown back against the wall and your skull rings against the brickwork and you're back into the imagination again yeah so it's just i think it's the end with the fiction bit that i think i could use more of just to keep it in that imaginary realm and take like again hiding the uh, the rules keeping you in the role play yeah i like the uh, i like the principle ask questions and incorporate the answers i want i want this I want this contact. Okay, so what are they like? How do you know them? Yeah. Why should they help you? Cool, okay. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, cool. And then you go with it. Yeah. Or um, I want to break into the building. Okay, when do you want to break in at night? So how are you going to how are you going to get in? Oh, I was thinking I could do this. And, okay, cool. And then you, you know, it's asking the players to, to have input. And then you just, you don't have to do what they say, but you can definitely use bits of it yeah um i like the um treat your npcs like disposable assets i like that <laughs> i think a lot of mcs can get a bit attached to their characters especially when it's time creating a character and if you're in a very rules heavy system and you're like you've got that perfect combination of feats yeah and then someone goes finger of death <laughs> oh it died oh i don't want it to die <laughs> Um, encouraging you to think off screen so what are the other characters doing off screen what, yeah. are, what are the bad guys doing What? how do they react I think it's just a nice thing to bear in mind that yeah. other things happen as a result of what the characters do and the last one is be a fan of the characters I think a lot of role play games can accidentally become very adversarial it's the dm versus the players yeah oh this character i see a lot of things on forums and on facebook groups where it's like oh my one of my players has made this character and it, it's killing everything i'm throwing at at them it's like but that's cool for them surely yeah the only time that's a problem is if it's not fun for the other players yes um but it's always like oh well i want to do something to correct it and break it okay yeah it might get boring for them if they can just overcome every single problem, but yeah. let them have a bit of time to shine. Yeah, yeah. You know, be excited for them. They've made, they spent ages thinking of a character that's going to kick a load of ass. They want to kick a load of ass for a bit, surely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, it kind of discourages you from that us against them kind of feel and be like, you know, oh, so you've you've gunned down all the bad guys. 
got out of there, destroyed the evidence, got away scot-free. No one will ever know you do it, and you're going to get paid triple for this uh, this mission. Awesome! That's really cool! And you're kind of on their side? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously you want to make their lives difficult yeah. and horrible and unpleasant <laughs> until they get their, the victories that they've earned. Yeah. So I highly recommend The Sprawl. I don't know if that comes across. <laughs> um, what about you, Aaron? What do you What do you think about it from your slightly briefer encounter with it? No, I instantly wanted to play more of it. Yeah. I can, yeah, I completely see where you're coming from with potentially only playing this as a system could could get stuck in a rut. Yeah. Uh, potentially. Uh, so playing it periodically seems to be better. Um, but I much prefer the more role-play heavy systems than the rules-based systems anyway. Yeah. And this really suits that. Um, as I said, when I joined that game, everybody was excited about the universe they created and wanted mm. to tell me bits and pieces about it. They wanted to describe their characters. They were really involved and invested in them. Um, the, you know, the the setup and the mission we did were really interesting and fun to play. Um, I was a little bit daunted when I first started because there's not... The rules can sometimes act as a nice crutch for going, okay, my character does this, that means I have to look at doing this, this, and this. Yeah. This, that, yeah. When that rule comes up, I do that. And because it's a bit more open and freeform, it it has those, but they're, they're a little bit more down to interpretation. And initially, I was a bit daunted by it, but the instant I saw the other how the other players were using their character to interact using those systems, it yeah. made perfect sense, and it was really easy to get on with. And didn't feel like I could do anything wrong I mean, obviously, yeah. I could do things wrong, like throw, try and throw a grenade at a group of thugs threatening um, me because I was Japanese and they were all bunch bunch racists, and um, topping off the ba- top end of the car and bouncing it back in, exploding, covering everybody in foam. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, it didn't. It didn't feel like I could suggest something and it would be awful. If I suggested something, it wasn't quite in tone with everything. Somebody else would go, oh, well, what about if you added this on as well? And just jazz everything up, and like you said, it makes everybody feel like they're interacting in part of things, and it's yeah. a lot less adversarial. It's not, oh, you've done that, that's ruined this whole mission for us. It's like, <laughs> you've done that, it's ruined everything. Well done. It's yeah. like, that's cool. That'd be awesome. Right? How would I deal with that? Yeah. No, massively recommend it. Excellent. So. If you've enjoyed our podcast as much as we've enjoyed telling you about The Sprawl, uh, we'd love you to, to leave a like. Uh, we'd love you to send us a comment if you've played. Yes. Um, tell us uh, about your Sprawl. Tell us about your Sprawl. Yeah, I'm really fascinated to see actually what other people have done. Yeah. Uh, because it is quite open. Yeah. You can make very, very different settings. Um, so if you've... Uh, I may have got slightly carried away in that bit and bogged down the beginning of the podcast, but I was just like, it's really cool that we made all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we've got our own kind of language and lingo. So like, we didn't get into it all, but um, we have um, Ix, which is short for Icarus. So it's the sons of the exec- sons and daughters of the executives who are slumming it. Yeah. So they live up near the sun, but they've swooped down. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know we've got all, there's loads of stuff in there I mean it encourages like you don't have a gun you don't have a pistol you have a you named have a, item a Remington XP93 yeah uh, repeating sub-processing bungly bonk um, <laughs> but don't call it a bungly bonk uh, but you have a specific thing yeah and like we know like we can now tell in our game who manufactured what weapon yeah 
because they have different naming things that we've kind of come up with on the flyers we've gone along and then just incorporated into the game yeah um so you know like things like the churchill repeating um I think it's a shotgun. Yes, yeah, you mentioned. Yeah, yeah it was one of the things um, you, everybody brought up to me. It's like, oh yeah, we got the Churchill repeating shotgun. Yeah, and the Havelin. It's big and fat, and it just keeps going. A lot of the Havelin stuff is named after sort of Norse mythology yeah. and things like that. So you've got, you know, we've got we've yeah. got like a, a themes to what we're doing yeah. and ideas. The same way that a car manufacturer will name car, you know, they'll have a certain pattern to, yeah. to what they're doing, or you know, you know, people might talk about, you know their iPhone rather than their phone yeah. because it's the brand name and you've paid for it and it it's more to you than just a phone it's an iPhone yeah. it means you know it's got more more of a weight to it yeah because um, they're heavy man they're heavy <laughs> um, they're also I've, it's all the money involved in them I can't use them they confuse me Apple products make my brain hurt because <laughs> I'm not used to them um, but yeah it's just it's it's really it's really immersive um, and it it's really it's really it feels different to a lot of the the games that we've we've played. It feels we've played a lot of sort of the hardcore role play games, mm. um, which are closer more to maybe role play games, war gaming roots like like Pathfinder, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. We've played things like Fiasco, which is very freeform and just story. Yes, and you're not rolling dice for conflicts and things like that. And this feels kind of in the middle. Yeah, like I've got a mixture of the two. Yeah, it's got less dice rolling, more story, more player input on what's going on. So it's not just the DM running things. Yeah, but it still has a structure to it and challenges and ways of resolving <laughs> conflict and stuff within it. Yeah, um, which I really really like. So. It's really, really good. Um, I was trying to end the podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. I got distracted again. <laughs> Hope, hopefully, my enthusiasm is uh, is showing. So I'm, I'm really, really happy with that. So if you're... Um, tell us about your sprawl. Um, we might uh, be able to put together a an actual play of the sprawl mm. at some point. Um, I think it's a bit tricky because if we're using our own... Like if we were to play... A Forgotten Realms game, or to play a game of werewolf, yeah, um, or Vampire the Masquerade. Everybody does understand Pe- the universe. People know the universe with yeah. the sprawl. We've built our own universe, which is really cool. Yeah, but we'd, we'd almost have to be sort of explaining bits as we went along. We could we could do an introductory video on on our universe. Yeah, so if people be interested in an actual play, um, an introductory video. Um, something to, to help go with it or if you've got any ideas of how we could kind of make that accessible to you please let us know because um, I'm I yeah I, I quite like to to show it off in action because um, I really enjoyed it so far yeah I've played excellent well thank you for listening if you like leave a like if you want to follow us around like a crazy stalker click subscribe yeah. um, and if you want to find out all about quantum physics Click on the little Google box and type in quantum physics and it'll tell you all about it. The internet is a magical, magical thing, my friends. We take it for for granted <laughs> and we should appreciate it before it becomes sentient and takes over our lives. <laughs> on that note, I've been Brian Ennis. And I've been Aaron Vinsky. And we will hopefully see you again soon. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.